Bodies by the Numbers is a horror podcast. Viewer discretion is advised. This is why you should never care for anyone ever. Not no one never once in the history, history of, of ever. Yeah, as history of the the universe. Yeah. It was our last movie. Oh shit! It was. What are we gonna watch next? That's the question. Ooh. Also, have you heard about that new Ghibli film? Completely different topic. I really no. want to see it. What Is film? That, it's okay. So it ha- okay. I'm actually I'm gonna get so fucking sidetracked. I'll tell you after. After with the podcast. But it's a new, it's a Mihai Miyazaki's final film, I say with quotation marks. Well, at least tell us the name. Oh, it's called, at least for the English release, it is called The Heron and the Boy or The Boy and the Heron. And very specifically, Ghibli has released nothing for it. It was released in uh, Japan in July, but they very, very made, like, there's going to be, there was only one poster made for it, no trailers, no, like, nothing. They're like, if you want to see the movie, You'll see it anyways. And so they're doing the same thing in America. And I believe it's having a, like, a November release. But they're not doing any, like, advertising for it in honor of Mihao Miyazaki's wish. Welcome to Bodies by the Numbers, a horror podcast where we keep track of how we die in horror media. I'm your host, Andrew Mack, and this is my co-host. Grace Lee. Today, we are talking about Saw, done in 2004, directed by James Wan and written by James Wan and Lee Winnell. Before we dive even into our feelings check, I'm going to impress upon you the resume of horror movies both of these gentlemen have had in modern era. So from Lee Winnell, who became a director after many writing experiences, has worked on projects such as the remake of The Invisible Man, Cooties, which I think you and I actually watched. It had Elijah Wood working in a school with a bunch of teachers, and only the student body became zombies. Nope. Chicken nugget scene? Nope. Really disgusting? Nope. Cool. Well, we'll look forward to that. He worked on the Insidious franchise. Oh, shit. He worked on his own film, Upgrade, and he worked oh, on... Oh, shit, Upgrade? I love that movie! Like, if, if, if it's the movie that I'm thinking of. It's like a sci-fi horror film. Where, like, the guy gets, like, possessed, kind of. By an AI. Yeah! And, like, it's really brutal combat. I it. fucking love that movie! Yeah, Lee Winnell directed that. I fuck! That. Lee Winnell did that? That's, I fuck! That's, like, that's, like, my, like, top 15 movies. I fucking love that movie. Listeners, this is a first. Grace has seen a horror movie. I haven't. I didn't, I thought, okay, for me... It's not a horror film. It's like a action thriller. Well, it's like dystopian, correct? I guess it is dystopian. Like the like... guy has the handgun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're talking about the same yeah, film. Like... There's too many similarities. Like, like, wait, okay, wait. Like, let me, let me, okay, listeners, I am just going to Google the film and if it's, if it's what I think it is. Because, like, let me, let me, let me, upgrade. Oh, yeah, it was made in 2018. Yep, that's yeah, that, it. That, I love that movie. Yeah, Lee Winnell, the oh, actor shit. who played Adam in this, directed oh, shit. that. Okay. He Good also job. worked on Dead Silence. Yeah. And as an actor, was in The Bye Bye Man, a really crappy horror movie that I will die on the hill standing up for. 
and Aquaman. He was an actor in Aquaman? Yeah, I didn't look up what character, but I just thought seeing that on his resume like, list was... like, that's funny. Like, that is a, um eclectic uh, list of accomplishments. And as a producer and executive producer, James Wan has worked on Malignant, The Conjuring Series, Megan, Insidious, Lights Out... Annabelle the Nun and as a director he's also done Dead Silence and Aquaman (laughs) (laughs) okay so his list of projects was like okay I've heard of those some of those films I've heard those some of those are like really good horror films I've never seen any of them but I've at least heard of them and if I've heard of them they've probably been good and then out of fucking left field Aquaman. And I'm like, how the fuck did he go from working on Insidious to working on Aquaman? I don't And also, know. he was like, you know who would be great for this as an actor? My boy, Lee. <laughs> like, he'd be great for this. Like... <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly why I was hiding my notes from you. I didn't want you to read Aquaman. Aquaman. Why the fuck Aquaman? Why were they like... Hmm, yes, with your clear talents in the horror industry, we want you to produce Aquaman. Honestly, I did like the Aquaman movie. Like, it wasn't like, wow, but it was like, okay, it wasn't bad. People liked it. Anyways, let's uh, dive into our feelings check. Yeah, feelings check, feelings check. I guess I'll go first with my feelings. I had a lot of, I think the right word is trepidation for this movie. I was very hesitant. I heard that, like... When I have heard of the Saw movies and the franchise and the image it makes in my mind, I'm thinking kind of like nail-biting traps that like kind of just like really get into gore and just kind of like body horror, which usually I'm not the biggest fan of, right? So I was like, ooh, I don't know about this. But both Anna and Hannah were like, no, 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 the gore's not too bad, especially in this movie, at least specifically. And so, with that said, I was like, oh, okay. Um, So I watched the movie. The horror definitely was not as bad as I was... Or at least the gore was not as bad as I had made it out to be in my head. There's only one scene where I, like, closed my eyes. Was it the scene where Amanda was digging through guts? Because I actually thought you handled that scene No, no, that was fine. It was the scene where Lawrence was trying to saw his leg off. And, like, I think it was, like, mostly that first cut because it looked realistic enough that I was, like, what? But the gut scene... <sighs> okay, so the thing is... The is, guts... The blood was too red. The blood was too red. And, okay, so brutal... Okay, brutal... Brutal audience. Brutal honesty. I thought this movie was, like, okay. It was... It was all right. One of the things that really got me is that the cinematography in this movie was very whiplash for me, which really took me out of the movie. So instead of kind of being absorbed and like how I really feel fear in a horror movie is by feeling like I am that character, right? Like by seeing that character go and be scared and going through those horrible situations, I feel fear because I'm empathizing so strongly, right? And this movie... At least in my opinion, it did a shitty job of that. I never managed to really buy into it. I never really felt involved and immersed in the movie. Sorry. 
No, that's if, fine. If you like Saw, I'm sorry. I didn't like this movie that much. I'm definitely a little bit more on a... This movie is definitely rose-tinted glasses, nostalgia yeah. of, like, my foray into splatterpunk and exploitation film. This movie is like a music video I can return to. Yeah. Um, it's very much shot like a, like a music video from the time. And also, Saw was the start of a movement that didn't happen until post-9-11, crudely called torture porn. It was the feeling Americans were kind of experiencing post-9-11. The fear of just terror. Just terror. Unexplainable. Like you never, like you had some trust in how your day was going to go and that trust has now been broken and you really feel like you could die at any point in time and that life is kind of getting a little just scarier in general, right? Because you and I are... I would consider us children of 9-11 because we don't remember it. Yeah. No, I was too young. We only got to see kind of the zeitgeist of 9-11. I remember schools forcing us to have a moment of silence for something I didn't understand. Yeah. It was like, I think it happened like, oh God, what year was 9-11? Uh, 2001. Okay. 2001. I was four years old in 2001. So... Yeah, no, I have no memory of it. For me, like, my earliest memories that would be of 9-11 is years, and I mean years later, on, like, a date where we would hold silence in the class after the fact. But it was so disconnected from anything that had happened in my reality that it never... Well, also, it fully pushed us into the Bush era. Yeah. A era of just complete civil unrest and panic. Not to say that Trump's era didn't do the same thing. Yeah. I think Trump's era was more hateful. Yeah. And less patriotic, if that makes sense. I mean, he's a fascist, so. Yeah, no, I just really appreciate the fact that splatterpunk, extreme horror, or crudely called torture porn is the genre of horror that doesn't hide in subtlety. Yeah. I think it's really refreshing to have that kind of peel your eyes back. We're going to show you the gross. Yeah. This movie doesn't do the best job at it, but it was one of our first movies that weren't highly censored. So with all that, diving into the plot summary, get us started, Grace. All right. So uh, we are pretty kind of like literally rudely awakened we come to with there we're clearly underwater right like the title card is moving through water we hear splashing and you see something kind of glimmering that looks like a set of keys i was actually impressed you put together those were keys very fast i mean to me they looked like keys i don't know what they look like to someone else and then we see obviously a body that body starts to thrash and then we see what we later to know as Adam, wake up in a panic and tumble over the side of a bathtub. The room is dark and it is gloomy and Adam is panicking. He doesn't know where he is. He finds out he is chained to a pipe and he starts screaming and a voice answers. Again, the room is dark. We can't see the other voice, but the other voice is calm, collected, and trying to calm Adam. Obviously, there is some back and forth like, who are you? What are you doing to me? And the voice answers. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who you are. I don't know where we are. I don't know what's going on. One of the men remarks upon a terrible smell. 
and the lights turn on and the smell is a dead body in the center of this really fucked up bathroom. It is... This bathroom is like infamous, you know? Like, and like the thing about the bathroom is that it doesn't make sense either. Like, it had to have been manufactured by the killer because there is a bathtub, but then there are also urinals. I don't know what got transplanted where, but... So, uh, information time. Oh, information. This takes place in an abandoned meat plant. Oh. So that might have been to wash off, like, viscera and gore yeah. from your body. Yeah, okay. But anyway, so light flashes on. Dead body in the center of the room, just in a pool of fucking blood where there is also a gun lying just out of his hand's reach. Um, you see what we know as Adam in one corner changed to a pipe next to the bathtub, and then what we will eventually know as Lawrence is changed to the other corner to his own pipe. Or also uh, Lawrence is also called Dr. Gordon. And since we've kind of went on a Lee Winnell love train, yeah. the guy who plays Adam, yeah. Dr. Gordon was most famously in The Princess Bride. Oh, yeah. As, um... What was his name? Um, oh my god. Did the dead Pirate Roberts. Yes, but he yeah. had a second name like oh, uh, Wesley. Wesley! Wesley! Yeah! So we also have Wesley in the same yeah. room. Uh, who every once in a while his British accent just peeks out. Also, one thing uh, that is important to note is that when Adam was thrashing around in the bathtub, he dislodged the drain. Uh, or the, the, the bathtub, like, stopper? Yeah, it's a plug. Ah, thank you. He dislodged the bath plug, which also sent the keys down the drain, quite literally. Um, so he so they're both awake. They're also both very confused. They're angry. They're yelling. Adam starts screaming about how he knows what's going to go happen, that they're going to have their kidneys stolen. And uh, what we eventually know is Dr. Gordon is like, that's not what's happening. You would be dead by now or like delirious. Like, in extreme pain. In extreme pain. Um, and of course, Adam questions Wesley. Or <laughs> <laughs> not Wesley. Um, um, Dr. Gordon. Uh, Dr. Gordon. And it is also obviously relieved, revealed that Lawrence is a doctor. Also, um, like Adam, when his name is asked, he says, my name's very fucking confused. What's yeah. your name? <laughs> But eventually they both get their names out and it's Adam and Lawrence. Ugh, Lawrence? Or weirdly enough, Larry. Oh yeah, like his wife calls him Larry. Gross. It's gross. <laughs> anyway. I'm not sorry if you're named Larry. <laughs> well, I don't have a problem with someone being named Larry. I have a problem with your name being Lawrence and you chose Larry as the nickname? Where's the fucking R? Well, I guess Lawrence. There's an R in there fucking somewhere. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, moving on, moving on. Clearly, um, at the this kind of introduction sequence, Lawrence does try and kind of take control of the situation. He talks about how we need to um, stay calm, stay in control. That uh, I think he talks about how we need to start thinking about why we're here. He notices that there is a brand new clock on the wall and that that's important because whoever has kidnapped them wants them to be aware of the time. Um, eventually, Adam finds a tape in his pocket, which is also very much something that would be 2004. <laughs> this is a cassette tape. It is a cassette tape. To other people, even our age, they might not recognize a cassette tape immediately, 
but it's an even older school version of what a CD player was. Yeah. If you're not sure what a CD player was, Jesus Christ, why are you listening to this? We're so old. But ah. um, think of an MP3 player or just your phone and Spotify, but you can only pick one album. Yeah. But unless you got, unless you got like, unless you're burning a CD yourself and then you can mix it. Move it. We're getting sidetracked. Stay focused. Stay focused. This this is what we're all about, sidetracking, baby. Baby. Okay, I'm staying focused. I'm staying focused. Anyway, so Adam finds the tape in his pocket, and it says, play me on it. When he, uh, you know, opens back, he sees the tape. So Lawrence also checks his pockets. He also finds, like, a little envelope that um, not only has a tape that says, play me, but he also has a key and one single bullet. That obviously goes to the gun that's in the middle of the room that neither of them can reach because they're both chained. All right, we're all staying on task. Good. Lawrence tries the key to his two locks. When the key doesn't work for his, he tosses it over to Adam, and the key doesn't work for his as well, and he just tosses it away. <sighs> okay, later in the film, this is gonna bother me, but for now, Adam manages to, uh, well, they both notice that the dead body in the center of the room has a tape recorder in his hand, which can play back tapes. So Adam takes off his shirt and uses also the drain plug and kind of just makes a little bit of like a rope kind of situation where he manages to toss it over to the tape deck and drag it closer to his body. When he puts in his tape deck into the recorder, there is a recording from the killer to Adam. It talks about Adam being a voyeur. It talks about Adam uh, being both angry and apathetic. It but mostly just pathetic. And But mostly just pathetic. It also mentions how he views life... Um, oh, God. Pretty much one of the clues that is dropped, though, also in the spiel is that um, it has to do with a mirror. That, like, what will this voyeur, like... Um, see himself as through a mirror and also at the end there is this ominous are you going to watch yourself die Adam eventually Lawrence is like well it's my turn so the tape deck is tossed over to Lawrence nope nope Oh. Uh, Adam forces Lawrence to throw the tape over oh I forgot because he didn't want to break it yeah he said it like a shitty two-year-old. He did. This is a theme with Adam, by the way. It is a theme with Adam. Um, but anyway, so, uh, yeah, Lawrence tosses over his tape deck to Adam, um, where when the tape is played, it is revealed that Lawrence is supposed to kill Adam by six o'clock, or Diana and Allison, I think? Yes, that is Diana, the name of his yeah, family. Diana and Allison will be killed. Which is bad because that is Lawrence's wife and child. It also goes on to reveal some clues like X marks the spot. And again reiterates if Adam isn't dead by six, two people will die. Or Allison and Diana will die and then Lawrence will also die and have to just live his last few moments with the fact that his children and his wife are dead by his fault. I believe the words Jigsaw even uses is I will leave you here to rot. Yeah. No. So that's not good. And obviously Lawrence has the bullet. So yeah, they're supposed to kill each other. Or not kill each other. Adam is supposed to try and outlast Lawrence, right? Adam is supposed to live by six and Lawrence is supposed to kill him. Well, uh, I think Adam's just fucked no matter what. Honestly. Yeah, Adam. Yeah, Adam is just kind of fucked no matter what. And then obviously there's this kind of 
kind of let the game begin, right? Like the timer has started. It's like 10 o'clock, I think, or something like that. The I can't remember what time the clock said, but they but had like six hours or something like they that. They had somewhere between eight to six hours. Yeah, to figure their shit out, right? And the clock has been going the entire time they have been awake. It does not have a zero countdown. That is some of the other things we see later in the movie. Yeah, it like the, the clock is just a fucking clock. It's taking track of the time. Lawrence demands the tape deck back, um, and he replays it over and over again, trying to find a clue. He does manage to find a clue, and the his, Lawrence's recording there, is a whisper in the background about, follow your heart. How the fuck did he have the ears to hear yeah. that across the fucking room? Yeah. This is my biggest, like, it is... peeve about Saw, is Adam should have heard that, not Adam Lawrence. Adam should have heard it, not Lawrence. But anyway, there is a heart on the toilet. See, I would have immediately gone for like the, um, what is the top part of the toilet? That is considered the tank. I would have gone immediately for the tank. Adam sadly immediately goes for the basin and doesn't find any solids. It looks like the sewage has come back up the toilet. Yeah, it's gross. But he does luckily lift off the top of the tank. And find um, something wrapped in plastic. What he finds wrapped in plastic is two saws. Um, He tosses the plastic back into the tub. And he tosses one saw to Lawrence. And he keeps his own saw. And they both try to saw through the chains that are holding them to the pipes. Also, Adam makes a point to hide the bag when he throws it in the tub. Yeah, no. He does not do that in the sight of Dr. Gordon. Yeah, So, already, things are getting a little sus. Eventually, Lawrence comes to the conclusion that the saws aren't to saw through the chain. They're supposed to be used to saw through their own legs. Also, at this point in time, Adam breaks his saw because he doesn't know how to properly use one. Lawrence, who is a doctor and is probably, you know, used to cutting their bone... I wear a little assuming, right? Like if he has used a saw, he has used a bone saw for yeah. its sur- for its surgical purpose. Yeah. This is a hacksaw. That is true. But regardless, Lawrence doesn't ma- break his, but Adam breaks his. As this is going on, Lawrence says that he thinks he knows who caught them because he had at one point been a suspect for this very thing. It is revealed that there is a killer going around, well, kind of killing people, what this killer does, and he's eventually known and revealed to be called the Jigsaw Killer, is that he makes and constructs a trap. And then when you awaken, it is your job to try and survive whatever he has put together. Most people don't. Like Jigsaw is the worst type of dungeon master. Yeah. Because he invites you over to his house and you think you're playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. But you're actually playing Call of Cthulhu. You're squishy as fuck and you will die. Yeah, no. And there are no death saving throws. You just fucking die. When there is this kind of flash right from the perspective of this bathroom, there's a flash to kind of Lawrence giving this spiel, but we also flash to these police officers. Tap, I think? It's Tap? Detective Tap? Detective Tap and Detective Singh, right? Yes, it's Singh. I was worried. I I didn't remember Singh. So I wrote it down. And they are looking over a previous jigsaw trap. 
a man by the name of Paul had to um, attempt to crawl through razor wire. And it's revealed he had to do this because he had, um, I believe, attempted suicide a few weeks before. And so the killer made him crawl through barbed wire or razor wire to... The, the bitter irony of yeah. if you really want to die, stay here. If you want to live, you'll have to cut yourself yeah. over and over. I believe there was another um, person whose name was um, Jack, who eventually burned alive. I can't remember why he was imprisoned. I think it was, oh, because he was faking an illness. Yeah. He was faking an illness, and so uh, the killer was like, you'll also do. There was also another person, uh, but pretty much as Lawrence tells it... No, we just know about Paul and the other gentleman who got burned alive... Because the next person is with Amanda's story. Exactly. Because as the story is eventually told through, again, Lawrence's perspective, Lawrence is teaching uh, students in a hospital and looking over a um, tumor patient when the police arrive, pretty much. He is called up to his office where we see Detective Tap and Detective Singh, who um, interview him. At the last crime scene, a pen light had been found that had belonged to... Dr. Gordon with his fingerprints. Dr. Gordon is obviously like, that is mine, but also I'm not a killer. They were like, well, where were you between, I think the time of like 11 and one. And they were like, we know you were in the hospital. Where were you? And he's like, okay, so I do have an alibi, but it wasn't with a patient and it definitely wasn't with my wife. It's softly revealed here that Dr. Gordon may or may not be having an affair. Yeah, whatever the reason is very sus. He is eventually talking to his lawyer and his lawyer does say like, look, just give your alibi now. That is more important than anything else is getting out of this situation right now. Bite the bullet because they won't believe you later. Exactly. So he reveals where he actually was. And since they have nothing to hold him, they just were like, okay, well, you have, you can go free. But would you mind listening to someone who has survived her trial, right? Also, like, if he has an alibi... Why are you going to traumatize this doctor yeah, with this story? Yeah, it's... Uh, honestly, the cops in this... I already have little to no faith in the police force. And this movie is just like, yeah, you shouldn't. Well, like, God, if Silence of the Lambs is a cop movie, this is a cop movie. Yeah, it's, it's but they're shitty, shitty cops. So they are like, yeah doctor who is actually like unrelated to this case and maybe even being framed for this case like we're gonna just show you this traumatized victim and they reveal that that traumatized victim is amanda amanda had woken up with a trap um wrapped around her head a puppet appears on a tv in front of her and the puppet tells her that that trap is a like a reverse bear trap pretty much for her mouth that's literally what it's called yeah it's like if when the timer starts, she only has a certain amount of time to find the key, get the trap off, because it will rip her jaw in, like, her, it'll rip her face in half, pretty much. But the thing is, is that the only way to get this key is to dig it out of the stomach of a dead man who's also in the room. When she gets up out of the chair, the trap is not triggered, but the timer is set. So she frantically goes over to the body, she finds a knife, turns out the man isn't dead dead, but she he, noticed. Yeah, she notices, but he isn't alive much longer. She starts stabbing him, and then she manages to dig through his guts and find the key. But 
Okay, so the thing is, is at this point in time, I feel like I should have been feeling more than I was. Mostly, I was like annoyed with her for taking so much time. And it was mostly, I really did not like the cinematography in this movie. Like, there were a lot of very harsh cutscenes, very harsh transitions, and there is this scene where she is struggling to get out of the chair. And, like, I feel like in this moment in time, I would like to build tension so that we, the audience, can really dig into this fear that this character should be feeling. And instead, it's, like, sped up. And it honestly looks comedic to me a little bit. Well, this is also, like, the era where, like, not just in horror movies, but America itself was, like, extreme, like, X-Factor. Yeah. There were all these shitty jump cuts that we got in almost everything we watched. And this just happened to become a product of its time in that way. And that's, like, why I feel like I would have liked this movie a lot more if it wasn't so embedded in uh, 2004. She eventually manages to rip open this man's stomach, grab the keys, and unlock the trap and toss it away. Also, one thing I really have to mention is that while she is retelling this story, she's obviously clearly traumatized. It is also revealed that she is a drug addict and that she wasn't being grateful enough for her life because she was a drug addict, so this is why she was being punished. And the police officer, like, asks her, are you grateful for your life now? And she's like, oh, I'm so thankful for the killer. And now I was just like, worst fucking police officer ever. That is one, a highly unprofessional question to ask. Like also she was there with no other like advisor. There was no lawyer. There was no therapist. Like This lady had just been traumatized and it felt like he was like, oh, you're a drug addict. You don't deserve to live. It was, I did not like that scene deeply. In fact, at that point in time, I was like, oh, so Detective Tap is the killer because that is a question a killer would ask. Like a man who uh, does not have functioning empathy or sympathy is the man who would ask that question. Poor Poor woman who was getting no help from the people around who were supposed to be helping her. We cut back very abruptly to the bathroom where people are getting a little panicked. People are getting a little frustrated. And (laughs) Adam just starts throwing shit. And then he picks up a piece of gear that broke and he starts threatening Lawrence because he's like, it's your fault that I'm in here. I'll kill you. And he notices that the mirror shard that he's holding is a two-way mirror. And so he throws more shit and breaks the mirror that was in the room and it reveals a camera that is filming both of them. At this point in time, we also get another pretty harsh segue to a little girl who we find out is eventually named Diana. Is, no, is it Diana? Diana. Diane. Diane. Like, uh... Diana? 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 What was the other name you it said? It was like Allie. I know Allie was one, which I think is short for Allison, and then you also have... I think that's Diana. Anyway. We may have mixed up who Diana and Allison was I'm pretty at sure, first. No, I'm pretty sure Diana is the, the daughter. Diana is definitely the daughter. Cool. I'm confident in that. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing the name right, but it's definitely... It's definitely... It's like Princess Diana. Yeah, I know yeah. that for a fact. Yeah, it's Princess Diana. Yeah. If it's Diana, the daughter is Diana. Anyway, we segue to the daughter. She is clearly kind of getting like bad vibes from her room, which is yeah, 
fair. It's weird and shadowy. Um, so she goes to her mother. She tells her mom that there's a strange man in her room. Also, um, this is a flashback. Oh, this is also a flashback. Yeah. Yeah, this is a, also a flashback. This movie is very non-linear in yeah. its storytelling. So you do get a lot of flashbacks within flashbacks at times. Oh, yeah. So Which makes things inconsistent. Just be ready for that type of storytelling for this entire franchise. Yay. So Diana uh, goes to her mom's room and she very specifically wants her dad to check out her room to scare away, like, you know... The, the man, bad man. The bad man. I, I heard Nick do. Larry calls her Allie, or Lawrence calls her Allie, so I'm just gonna... I So I assumed it was short for Allison, but Allison, the mother, wanders over to uh, Lawrence's... He is still working. So Allison, like, takes her, like, grabs her daughter's hand and wanders to um, Lawrence's office, where he is still working. Like, she was passed out, like... It is, like, definitely nighttime. And I guess if you're working night shifts at the hospital, that would be maybe making sense? Well, to my understanding, he was, quote-unquote, on call. Yeah. And that was probably to help cover his affair. That is true. But, yeah, so he is still working. But when it is revealed that, you know, his daughter is having, like, a nightmare, he does actually stop his work, and he goes and he comforts his daughter. So... At least bare minimum, he does seem to truly love his daughter. So that's something. The dad, Lawrence, manages to comfort his daughter, promise that he'll be there for her, where he gets a alert on his pager. And he says, oh, it's a hospital. Um, the daughter says that she hates the pager because that means her dad is leaving. And he's like, oh, well, you know how important my work is. When he is leaving, though, the mom, like, stops the dad and is like, look, you have to acknowledge that this isn't working out. Also, they do the classic, like, parent thing. Like, yeah. I could relate with Diana here. Like, suddenly mom and dad are fighting in the other room. And yeah. you're just trying to be as quiet as yeah. possible. It's just, ah, uh, they... Like, also, they seem to have a large house. Why are they arguing right outside her room? They could, like... She really waited for him to be right there. Uh, yeah. But anyway, like, they're arguing because she's being like, Lawrence, you're fucking apathetic. You show no emotion. Like, this marriage is dying. You need... I would rather have you hate me because at least you'd be showing emotion. And he's like... That's nice, dear. Pats her on the head and leaves. He tries to kiss her, but she doesn't give yeah, it. Yeah, no. And it's just... Uh, that is such a... like. She like, oh, sure, you're upset, honey. And then fucking leaves. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I hope your marriage falls apart, man. Because you clearly do not care for this woman. But anyway... Flashing back abruptly to the bathroom, Lawrence starts talking up his family right he has a, like a daughter he has a wife he loves him dearly adam asks to see like you know uh, like a picture so lawrence tosses over his wallet and he remarks that his favorite picture is also in there because it's of all three of them because he's usually behind the camera um which adam might be able to relate to though when adam goes to look through his wallet he does see pictures of the daughter but where the photo is supposed to be it is instead a picture of Allison and um, Diana hogtied and clearly kidnapped or being held hostage. With just the puzzle piece sharpied on there 
and the word regards on yeah. the front of it. And then on the back, there is a clue where the killer is. Oh God, I can't remember what the killer wrote, but pretty much it was something about how to see like the light. You Sometimes have to... you can see better with the lights off. Yeah. And it's again, another clue about how important like finding X is, right? Um, Adam hides the picture and remarks to Lawrence that the photo that he talks about isn't there. He tosses the wallet over and Lawrence says like, oh, the killer must have taken the picture. We also then abruptly flash to the, we abruptly flash to Allison and Diana where they are being held hostage. And okay, I have more issues with this movie. I know, I'm so sorry. You're fine. But, I'm just curious. Okay, so in this scene, we have... Allison and Diana, they are tied up in the master bedroom with like rope and duct tape and the killer strides in and starts taunting them, very clearly getting something off of sadistically torturing a mother and her very young child. Specifically the very young child. Specifically the very young child. He walks over, he brings like a stethoscope, stethoscope. Thank you. Um, and what he does is he listens to her heart rate while he waves the gun around so that he can measure her heart rate and hear it as she gets more and more terrified the more the closer the gun gets to her. Honestly, this is like someone I'd consider a worm yeah. at this point. And like because thing, you're getting pleasure out of scaring like a literal a, child. A literal terrified young girl while the mother is begging and pleading for him to stop. And the problem I have with this scene is that the killer is clearly getting something out of this, right? He is finding visceral pleasure in this or he wouldn't be doing this. The thing, okay, viewers, I'm going to spoil the movie for you a little bit, all right? <laughs> so the thing is, is that earlier on in the scene, in this movie, we are introduced to a orderly who is working at the same hospital that Lawrence is working at. His this is the student scene right before Gordon gets taken for questioning. Exactly. And the orderly makes a comment. And I noticed that comment. His name I, is John. Yeah. And he, he mentioned something kind of offhand. And I immediately am like, oh, that's a suspicious comment. Is he the killer? And so when this scene happens, I'm like, oh, he's carrying a stethoscope. Stethoscope. I'm sorry. I have a speech about him. And we both do. We both do. Anyway. And I'm like, oh, like either he was digging around in Lawrence's like doctor like kit or this is his own. And I really think it is. Is it Zep? Zep, right? It is Zep. So the thing is, is it Zep? Because it has to be Zep at this point in time is actively torturing these people right well also like let's think about the character zep for a second let's yeah. go on this tangent yeah zep is most likely treated lesser by all of his co-workers by all the people he meets because he's specifically an orderly and not a doctor he is there to restrain patients while they are at their most volatile but he does also care for his patients. As said from the clip earlier, he seemed to have a genuine, like a genuine connection to his patients and he wanted them to be treated with respect, right? Yeah. But that seems belayed by this action, but also if he has a fucked up mental capacity, perhaps like he only cares for his patients and literally views everybody else 
who has belittled him or he thinks has this, you know, kind of fucked up, you know, mentality where he's lesser as worthless. And so he gets off on this treatment, right? Well, while we're on this tangent of spoiling the movie, um, we do figure out he's not a mastermind. He's a pawn. He is a pawn. His game is to kill Allison and Diana. So he might just be trying to, uh, in a really macabre way, hype himself up for it. And that is like the thing is that like the thing is, is that when it's revealed, all he is is a pawn. I don't know. Like the st- the clear show of these sadistic tendencies belays our first interaction with him. And also, is this why he was chosen by the killer? Like, to be a pawn is because of these sadistic tendencies? Unfortunately, throughout the franchise, I'm going to be black and white here. We don't figure out more about Zep. He was a one-time pawn. There are other people throughout the entire series that will go through traps and then become apprentices once they survive. And, like, my thing about this whole collage of scenes is that it almost builds the... It builds zep up more than it does our actual killer anyway because um the actual killer i'm not gonna reveal the actual killer but the actual killer need needed to be background i feel exactly no he wanted to have as many middlemen as possible between him and being like arrested or found out right jigsaw does not consider himself a killer yeah he considers himself like it's like how the Spanish Inquisition didn't yeah. consider themselves murderers. They considered themselves the hero trying to liberate yeah. you from your sinful ways or your witchy ways. Yeah. He is, this killer's delusional. Yeah, he believes, again, as he literally states, are you grateful for your life? You should be grateful for your life now. And, okay, so my thing is, is that it seems that, like, it seems that Zepp is pretty grateful for his life. As much as he's belittled in his work, he seems to take at least a certain amount of pride and at li- least a certain amount of care for his patients, right? And if he is picked solely on the fact that he is sadistic in this torture of this, that we are shown in the torture of this wife and child, that's not him not appreciating life. Anyway... I'm so sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna end that tangent of confusion <laughs> and anger. No, and it's move just on. a good way to explore these characters. But anyway, as Zepp moves around the room, we pan out and it is revealed that Detective Tap is watching the killer's house, right? He's watching who he believes the killer, Dr. Gordon's house. Yeah. And also, okay, my thing is also is that he sees a stranger in this person's house. And he's not like, oh, that's not good. I should check this out. He assumes a fair immediately. Yeah, yeah. It's... uh, Anyway, so he is stalking what he believes to be the killer. He's outside the doctor's house because he believes the doctor is the killer. Uh, We also then skip backwards in time because fuck the timeline. We skip... We are in a flashback of a flashback and we skip back in time to another flashback where... We also see Detective Tap re-watching a video from the killer. It is the same one that was revealed to Amanda. While he replays it over and over again, he notices that there is a fire alarm going on in the background. And he also notices 
some um, uh, street gang like graffiti. Tagging, yeah. And so him and his partner Singh go to that abandoned warehouse, find the killer's hideout, um, kind of like empty. They also find a man trapped in what is clearly a torture device, they and also, they don't immediately free him. They also see a diagram of Adam and Gordon's trap. Yeah. Okay, so my... Yeah, so they do find that diagram, and they also find, like, the, the jigsaw, like, doll, and they also find, like, a mask, and... Okay, my... I have several issues with this scene. I'm also... I'm gonna go on another tangent. I'm so sorry. Don't be sorry. So, okay, so there is this kidnapped man, right? He most likely has seen the killer's face, right? And even if he's not, he is clearly an innocent who has just been fucking strapped down. And instead of immediately, like, freeing him or cutting him loose because there are just knives fucking everywhere. Also, one thing they immediately don't do is, like, so you... Okay, I know. I know that, like, we're not in modern day, so cell phones are a little iffy. But they go to this warehouse. They don't call him back up, even though they know where the killer is because they figured out where it is. They don't immediately call it in. When they get there, and it's clearly the... Like, the killer's, like, hideout, they don't immediately call it in. Like, hey, this is the killer's hideout. We found the killer's hideout. They, they, they don't... <sighs> I'm so sorry. You're talking Saw 2 here, luckily. Okay. Which takes place almost instantly after this movie. Okay. So, that does happen. Don't worry. Okay. Backup does come after the events of this movie. Okay. However, Tap and Sing went here without a warrant. So oh, if they, they called did. backup, they would also be reporting themselves for breaking and entering. So right the... now they are breaking laws just on a hunch. But if they had actually found the killer's hideout and then found a man strapped down, why didn't they they why didn't they immediately call it in? Cuz even cops are stuck by bureaucracy. They need that warrant. There was a man being held hostage i would be willing to risk my career once i found the hideout and that there was an injured man i would immediately call it in anyway that's just my opinion um i think they're shitty cops they are all they're, cops they're, are. i mean all cops are shitty but these ones are also just really fucking bad at their job which again most cops are but these ones are also really fucking frustrating Anyway. It's the opposite side of the spectrum from Clarice and Co. Yeah. Uh, yeah. God. Anyway. So. Okay. Sorry. They also hear like the killer starting to arrive. The hero. I think like the elevator or something like that going Yeah. Up. It's a like, you know, industrial elevator. Yeah. So that type of noise. And so they put fabric over like everything that they, they they put the stuff back that they had moved and they hide to arrest the man right well oh my god and then here's just like this like this order of events where i'm just screaming at the scene like i know 2020 in hindsight right but like this scene happens where they try and get a jump on the killer the killer starts to trap the killer like monologues the police officers don't try and lift the mask off even though they are within arm's reach to try to try and like 
did, like unmask the killer immediately. They don't immediately call for backup. S D Detective Singh is really smart because he just breaks the trap. He doesn't go along with like the the game. Uh, the, he f is like fuck that. I'm just gonna break the trap. Which honestly, I really that was the one moment in this film where I'm like yeah. You got it. Like, just... Well, uh, also, they have Jigsaw at gunpoint. They do. Um, this is another huge nitpick for me, because Tap obviously survives this. He was close enough to Jigsaw to have seen his face, heard his voice, and know it's not Dr. Gordon. Yeah. Like, there's no way he's masking his voice. He, This is a surprise. He's clearly surprised. He didn't mean for this to happen. This isn't a part of his overall plan. So, like, he had obviously booby-trapped his warehouse to protect it. But he didn't booby-trap his voice. Like, that is clearly not Dr. Gordon. Like, in his weird half-assed American accent. This is clearly a different person. And then also he doesn't unmask him. He also, like, because also at this point in time, is it like if he had activated the trap because of my mistake and he's like, oh, 20 seconds, like, I'd just shoot the dude in the kneecap. I'd be like, nope, I'm like, you're not leaving. The best choice is not to go along with your weird fucked up game plan. Like, if I'm in this deep, I'm making sure you're not leaving. I would shoot his kneecaps. I would make sure to, like take away whatever weapons he has, and then I'd be like, die or stop the trap. And then by that point in time, Detective Singh has already figured out how to stop the trap, and then we have the man alive, and then we also have the killer dead, or at least in handcuffs. But what really happens is <sighs> when Tap jumps at the sound of the gun going off, oh, Jigsaw yeah! use oh. a, uses this moment of weakness to slit his fucking throat. Yeah. And but run. Yeah, and run, and then uh, Singh goes after him and, okay, anyway, Singh stops by, like, uh, the detective and doesn't call immediately, like, an ambulance or anything like that. Like, he doesn't call for backup. He goes over to Detective Tap and is like, okay, it looks like you're going to survive a little bit longer. I'm going to go after the killer. He I'll be right back. I'll be right back. He runs after the killer. He gets caught in the, like, uh, the killer's, like, booby trap and dies. Eventually, Detective Dad manages to stand up with, like, a bleeding neck wound, wander over, and find his, like, partner dead. Honestly, badass. Like, yeah, badass. But honestly, he, even by that point in time, he still doesn't call it in. Like, at that point in time, I know my job is in, like, peril. Like, ugh. I would have just called it in. Like, anyway. And obviously, this is all out. Uh, by the way, viewers, this has all happened three months before the events that are the start of this film. Correct. Okay. We switch to the bathroom again. We are with Lawrence and Adam. Adam tells Lawrence to turn off the lights. Lawrence is like, why? And he's like, just do it. And Lawrence is like, okay, I guess. Lawrence turns off the light. And it turns out directly behind Lawrence, there is a X, a glowing X that was made in like glow-in-the-dark paint. Probably. Correct. Um, and Lawrence is like, why uh, has it only happened now? And Adam is like, oh, it probably took this long for it to soak in the light from the fluorescent lights. Lawrence manages to break through the tiles and finds a locked box. In the box, oh, also the locked box, the key from earlier that didn't open either of their handcuffs obviously went for the locked box. When he opens the box, there is inside, there is a cell phone, a cigarette, and like a lighter. 
I believe all? two cigarettes. Oh, two cigarettes. You're right. Two. Actually, I think there was like three or something like that. There was like a mild A, a hand, small handful. There was like a small handful of cigarettes, a lighter, and the cell phone. And also a note for Lawrence about how he could kill Adam. It's like, hey, the blood is super poisonous. You should dip one of the cigarettes in blood, toss it over, that'll kill him. Right? It doesn't say that verbatim, but... Dr. Gordon pieces it together. Yeah, it's like a strong hint, right? Lawrence tries the phone, and it is only made to receive calls, apparently, from what he can judge. Also, at that point in time, like, his memory, like, clicks, which is another issue I have with this movie. In the beginning, Lawrence and Adam have no memory of how they got there. They have vague recollections of, like, oh, I was at work, and then I think I went home. And then Adam's like, I think I was in my shitty apartment. And then it's through weird shenanigans that they get their memories back somehow. Well, also, like, Jigs, this is a theme throughout the franchise. So I just believe it's an after effect of the sedative Jigsaw uses. Okay. Because he does have to heavily sedate people. So when you first wake up from sedation, I can tell you, you're not all the way there. That is true. But I guess maybe for me, um, the way they regain their memory is like poorly laid out. It seems very... Last minute. It seems last minute. It feels to me like, oh, for the sake of the plot, I regain my memories to give these last important clues. And it's like, yay, I guess. But anyway, Lawrence tells Adam how he was in a parking garage that did not look like a parking garage for a uh, hospital. And that when he um, was getting out, he went to call someone, I think, because he heard like a camera flash and the mask uh, and a ki- the killer masked in like a pig mask comes out, blitzes him and knocks him out. At that point in time, Lawrence is also like, how did you know to turn off the lights, Adam? And Adam's like, you don't know everything about me. Get off my back. Dad. Yeah, it's really that kind of moment. And eventually Adam shows Lawrence like, oh, okay. So I have this picture of your kidnapped family that I haven't showed you yet. Here you go. And like... Dr. (sighs) Gordon does not handle any sort of pressure well he breaks down fast he drinks down really fucking fast and like the thing is that he barely reacted when it was originally revealed that like his family was being kidnapped i guess he didn't believe it until he saw the picture yeah reality didn't kick in maybe this because i remember when adam broke the window he said oh reality tv yeah which might have given that hope of like oh this is all a prank right yeah but anyway i guess life hits him hard and he starts just breaking time he is he is not having a good time he starts crying he starts like threatening he's like ah i'm reaching my limit because my family is kidnapped and so he starts to go along with what the killer says he dips a end of the cigarette in the blood that is supposed to be poisonous but he also turns off the lights to the room so the killer won't know what's going on and then he like Somehow whispers a plan to Adam across the room. Yeah, and it's like, it's clear that, like, the room has, like, sound. Like, you can not only hear, but also see. The killer can hear what you're saying. Yeah, the killer can hear what you're saying. And, like, he didn't hear that. Plot. Anyway, moving on. Also, I can't believe that he wouldn't also have, like, night vision for his room as well. Because there's also deliberately turning on and off the lights as a part of, like, the whole setup. I'm trying to think when night vision cameras were invented. They had cell phones. They had to have had night vision cameras. 
you're you're most likely right, but let's check this out. Yeah, check it out. I'll keep going on with the plot. And uh, Lawrence tries to buy an ad. I'm like, hey, I'm going to tell you my plan. Just go along with it. And like, uh, the thing is, is that Lawrence has a lot of confidence with this dude who has so far shown very little aptitude for staying in any sort of form of control of his emotions. But anyway, besides the point, Lawrence tosses the cigarette and lighter to Adam and is like, oh yeah, you wanted to smoke up, right? So he tosses it over. Adam lights up the cigarette, takes a great, like, you know, big, like, you know, like, blow of the cigarette. And then he, he fake dies in the most obvious manner possible. This guy's never acted a day in his life. Yeah, it is very superbly obvious. Unlike... As a doctor, he had to have realized that that would have not gone over well. He had to have watched Adam die and been like, that is not how people die. I needed like a two hour coaching session before this because he would have not, he is, yeah. So Adam clearly fake dies and then Adam is electrocuted. And then I, when he like is electrocuted, Lawrence is like, you weren't electrocuted. You just faked it to ruin the plan. And Adam is like, why? I'm also here with you. I want to leave. But also, being electrocuted, I guess, kickstarted Adam's memories and he remembers how he got there. It's revealed that um Adam is a, I think like a private eye, I think is called. I think he's just a hired camera. He could also just be a hired camera, but he clearly in his shitty apartment has a black room. And in that black room are pictures of Lawrence that he is, I can't remember what it's called, but when you dip like your pictures in like certain liquids. And... It's a red room. Yeah. Oh, oh, is it not? Okay. It's a red room, not a black room. But anyway, so he is like processing like all these pictures and he's like jumped in his house and he's kidnapped obviously at this point in time the phone rings that the phone that was given to um lawrence he picks it up and it's his daughter and that's traumatizing he is not having a good time because he's talking to his daughter frantically trying to calm her down allison is then given the phone and she tells him that is adam there also don't believe any of adam's lies he's a liar liar pants on fire don't believe him (laughs) then the phone hangs up lawrence starts freaking out she's accusing adam of all these things and adam is like we both haven't been honest with each other because i am paid to stalk rich assholes like you who cheat on their spouses i go after adulterers and i am paid to take pictures as proof that's all i'm paid to do he's probably Um, very popular with like divorce lawyers and such definitely and he was like you definitely weren't at the hospital last night, you were with your mistress. And it was revealed that he definitely is because Lawrence goes to a shady hotel, meets up with one of his students. Yeah, one of his students who is dressed in like a bodice. Uh, she is basically like DTF as fuck. Yeah, like she starts to unbutton and he's like, oh, I'm sorry I called you out here. And then it clearly is kind of like he's struggling to tell her like, oh, this can't happen anymore because like the police are on to me and I don't want my wife to find out. And eventually the phone in the hotel room rings. He picks it up or his, the student picks it up and then she's like, oh, it's for you. She passes it over and it's the killer who's like, oh, I know what you're doing, doctor. And he flees, and it's after that scene that he is blitzed, knocked unconscious, and kidnapped. And so as, like, Adam and Lawrence are kind of just telling each other finally, like, the truth of, like, what is going on, Adam 
notices in one of the photos that it's of his house. It's of Dr. Like Gorn's house. And he slides it over and he's like, who's that? And in the picture, it's Zap, the orderly. Zep, it's Zep, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's Zep. It's, Zep. Uh, yeah, Zep, the orderly. Also at that point in time, they've run out of time. Like they figure out who the killer is and they notice that it's six o'clock. And I'm like- They have wasted six to eight they hours. Have six hours doing nothing. Like- Oh, I remember this at like hour four. You literally, literally, it takes some- They've done nothing. They've barely explored the room. They haven't even dragged like, ah, like, okay, I'm, it's fine. It's fine. If I found myself trapped in a room like that, I would have been freaking out far below. And I would have been keeping track of the time. Like that's so important. They're both dead by six unless very specific like events happen. And they're just, I guess, just lazing around chatting with each other. Anyway, six o'clock happens. We switch to Allison, the mom, who is honestly doing her best. She's managed to break out of her ropes. Then, like, sadly, not in time enough to, like, flee. So she tells her daughter, keep quiet. And she puts her hands behind her back again. Zep walks into the room and forces Allison to call, like, Lawrence and tell him what's going on, except... Allison blitzes Zep, wrestles the gun away, and then doesn't shoot him. She's like, she's like, oh God, it's just, mm, okay, okay, it's fine, it's fine. If I was Allison, I would pull the trigger. She had him dead to right. She was so fucking stupid because she has witnessed this man mentally torturing her daughter for what is most likely hours And when she finally is free and is pointing the gun at this killer who is definitely going to kill them, all she does is call back Lawrence is like, where are you? Where are you? I need you. What do we do? I need you to be here right now. I can't do it without you. Well, I imagine she's like, to my understanding, Allison and Diana get kidnapped shortly after Dr. Gordon left for his affair. Yeah. So they've been there for hours. She finally manages to break free. I would have just shot the guy. If I don't feel ballsy enough to kill him, I'm at least shooting him in the legs. I think I could have pulled the trigger if, like, that was my kid. Like, yeah, like, if that was my kid, I would have shot him. Like, I have the gun. I have the... There are bullets in there. I have this chance. And instead, I'm whining to my husband... Like, also, he's clearly not able to get to them. There's clearly some... He is clearly also in a hostage negotiation situation where he is trapped and he can't get to them. It's... There are just situations in this movie that really disappoint me because I don't feel like realistically the characters would have acted as they did. But this might also just be, like, the difference of how our generation thinks and how the generation that created this type of movie that thinks. Is also true because all the women in this movie are... I bet people are scared of, like, Columbine's becoming a thing post 9-11. The war on terror really starts to strike. America is terrified enough at this time. I mean, for me, when I'm watching this movie... The thing that really gets me is that the women in this movie are absolutely useless and have no use but for the men in their lives. 
which I mean the only person to break out of like one of the trials is Amanda and um she is victim blamed I have negative opinions about this movie moving on basically <sighs> a gun skirmish happens between Allison and Zepp yeah Zepp and Allison are going for the gun a gunshot is fired Tap who is in who also I, I think he's in the same building but across the like some sort of view from them because he think, gets there fast. He's I think he's in the house across the street from them. Also, what I then how did he get there with the time? I have no idea. Again, flaws in this movie. Also, we forgot to mention that Detective Tap has been fired from the police force because he's gone just full on insane, like full Obsessed. on insane. He is like the room is covered in pictures. He fully believes that Doctor Gordon is the killer. He talks to his dead co-worker like he's there but anyway he still manages to get into the house where the wife and the child are being held hostage and is useless he has a gun pointed at the dude doesn't matter to shoot him at all he also runs out of bullets and instead of reloading or i guess carrying the bullets he just decides to just tackle the dude we switch back to lawrence and adam lawrence is then electrocuted pretty harshly and passes out and then Adam thinks her, he's dead. Thinks he, yeah, Adam thinks he's dead. Has a little bit of meltdown. A terrible car chase sequence happens between. Um, it's like just the people sitting at their seat going, like you can't see me, but they're like saying still like, oh yeah, I'm driving fast. Oh, don't also go fast. another thing that really really bothers me about this movie is that it is again revealed that Zepp is not the killer. His whole. The thing is, is that he has been poisoned with a slow-acting drug of some sort. And that the thing is, is that he has to stay and watch well, the battle between Lawrence and Adam go down. And he is in charge of killing the daughter and the mom, right? If Lawrence does not kill Adam. Yeah, yes. if Lawrence doesn't kill Adam, uh, he is supposed to kill the, the mother and daughter. As soon as shit hits the fan, instead of going after the mother and the daughter and trying to kill them... He tries to go after, he decides to ditch that and go back to Lawrence and Adam, which I don't understand because the killer will only give him the like medicine or the cure or whatever if he's, if he kills the mom and the child. I think to him, it's the next best thing. He has lost his target. So if he puts these two down, he's like, but I killed them. This is probably his thinking. Because to us, it's not revealed that he's not the main killer yet. But because of tangents, we yeah. revealed he's not the killer. Yeah. And like, so I think the thing is, is that I feel like it wouldn't make sense for his character. But because we have to keep believing he is the killer, this is how he acts. Moving on, a terrible chase sequence between Zepp and Tap. Also, it flashes back to Lawrence and Adam. Now, just gotta let you know, is that... Lawrence is having a freak out, right? He comes to... We thought his breakdown earlier was bad. He is... Freaking out. And there is so much is, drool. He is trying to reach the cell phone to recontact his family, right? It's ringing, too. It's ringing, too. And instead... Okay, earlier in this movie, it was Lawrence himself who pointed out that Adam should take off his shirt to grab an object out of reach. And I guess... 
that thought is something that immediately dies after this fact because Lawrence freaks out that he can't get to it so much to, to the phone that he and he, he tries to use like a box he just tries to reach for it he just sobs and cries as he stares at the phone and like I understand that you're freaking out but literally it was you beforehand that thought of using the shirt I feel like that would have been his first thing like his first item of business like that would be like a, the second thought in his mind is like oh I'm gonna grab my shirt and then he decides to cut off his foot I because mean, he can't reach the phone this yeah. guy's panicking in his defense but like he panics through amputating his foot yes do you know how much pain he has to be in like I don't care how much adrenaline you have going through your system. <laughs> he tourniqueted himself. He's fine. Uh, anyway, so he manages to cut off his foot. I guess. Jesus Christ! But not thing to take off his shirt. He takes off his shirt to turncoat his leg. He takes off his shirt to turncoat his leg, but not to grab the fucking cell phone. We then get to another <laughs> moment of great disappointment where tap is dueling with Zep, right? He fucking shoots himself in the head. No, in the gut. Oh, in the gut. I'm assuming he hit vital organs because he is confirmed dead. is a trained police officer and he sucks ass. He is the worst police officer I've ever seen in a fictional, like, movie. Jesse, wait. He's fucking terrible. Wait, what about Nash from uh, Black Christmas? I'd rather have Nash. I'd rather have Nash. The guy, what was it? Like the, the one from, uh, was it like Freddy Krueger's who just stands outside the window and is like, should I get the police chief? I'd rather have him too. Oh God. Detective Tap is fucking useless. I feel like his whole, anyway, I hate that. Moving on, moving on, <laughs> moving on, or I am going to just deteriorate. So, Zep doesn't even have to kill Tap because Tap kills himself. Lawrence manages to grab the gun and shoot Adam because his thought is, oh, it's a pa It's fine. It's fine. He's like, okay, if as long as I manage to kill Adam, I'll be fine. The killer will see that I tried and they'll let my wife and kids go. Even though they're, if worst case scenario, they're most likely both dead. And also since it's clearly also already been revealed to me at least that from my perspective that it's the orderly that I've had personal conduct with that most likely has like a vendetta against me. I'm gonna trust him to not kill my family because I killed He's him. He's not thinking clearly. Yeah, anyway, so luckily Lawrence's family is fine, which is the only good point of this movie. They're fine. They deserved none of this. Anyway, so Zepp arrives and he sees Lawrence and Adam. And Lawrence is like, look, I killed him. You should let me go. Tell me my... Um, and the, the killer's like, no, it's against the rules. And then also, I guess it's like the second good moment of the film. Adam just fucking wakes up, shrugs off a bullet wound, grabs like the lid to like the toilet like before he gets that they do struggle oh, and yeah. adam disarms the gun from zepp and then bashes his bashes fucking yeah head bashes in. his head in and i'm like 
I always knew you had um, anger issues, Adam, but they really came in clutch at this moment in time. And then, like, also this point in time, Lawrence, like, crawls over to Adam, like, with, (laughs) like, an open... delirious. Like, he's lost so much blood. He's literally blue, but he's like, He's literally talking like this, Adam, I will get help. Adam, I'm going to get help. Adam, don't worry. I get help, Adam. I will come back for you, Adam. Adam, I I come back for help. We're making fun of him because that's literally what he sounds like. Yeah, like, and I'm just like, you're going to bleed to death before you leave this room, you fucking idiot. Anyway, he leaves, and then it's just Adam freaking out with, like, a bullet wound in his shoulder and it's revealed the dead body that well, was in the center oh, that's when adam oh. finds zepp's tape recorder oh, I and finds his game yeah and in the background the body slowly starts to rise and you cannot deny that this is a satisfying reveal that was a cool moment in time and it's revealed that Zep was being blackmailed by the killer that he had like poison running through his veins and that he had to kill and like construct this whole thing and like help the killer because he was supposed to guard the mother and the child and like kill them when the time came um and that his game was oh kill these is your wife is your life worth you know the the lives of these two people and i guess it definitely was and then the killer like reveals himself to adam and is like oh by the way adam your keys are actually in the bathtub the keys that have gone down the drain by this point in time adam tries to shoot john because this is the same oh, patient yeah. that was in the bed. Yeah, the tumor patient. Uh, you can actually see a drawing of the reverse bear trap right in front of him as they're like That's doing cool. the class. That's cool. I like that. And he just electrocutes Adam as Adam tries to shoot an empty gun at him. Uh, yeah. And goes, says, game over and fucking closes the door. And that's yeah. where... Are you grateful for your life now? We end the movie with Adam screaming in the darkness. And I'm not adding Gordon or Adam to the list because those actors do appear in later movies in the franchise and we get to figure out their fate in later movies in the franchise. It's just upsetting to me that we also don't... We just... I do not like open endings like this. I would have liked to know the fate of Adam and Lawrence and at least the immediate fate, like what happened the next day. We don't get this. But then as clearly shown through earlier mentions, I have issues with this movie. To give slight information, I'm not adding their bodies, but to tie up some ties for you. Thank you. Dr. Gordon survives and appears alive in like late installments in this Jesus Christ, man just shrugs off blood loss like nothing. And Adam is currently believed to be dead. They showed him being uh, strangled with a plastic bag in a future movie, but because we didn't officially see him take his last breath, and this franchise is infamous for you have to see their last breath. So, like, he survives... The, like, shoulder, like, the bullet wound to the shoulder, whatever fuckery happened that night, and then eventually he maybe dies? So, I won't reveal who, but one of Jigsaw's apprentices starts just murdering people. They rig their games, so it's a guaranteed 100% death. There is no way out of it, which is not Jigsaw's way. I'm 
And she uh, basically helped design this trap and was killing a victim. She didn't want... I, I believe she didn't want more apprentices because that's how John ends up recruiting people. You survived. Well, I mean, obviously... He is not hiring the most mentally well people. What else did he fucking expect? Honestly, one of his fucking accomplices is like the fucking Terminator. It's terrifying. I will probably like that apprentice more than John. Brutal honesty. I don't know. I think you'll appreciate John, especially in Saw 2. Saw 2 is the best one in the series John gets more screen time. That is also something that, like, I wish we'd had more moments to really... Because, like, I guess it was kind of like the rug pulled out from underneath you at the end of the movie. Like, oh, it was him along. And I was like, okay, that's cool. But I still do not care for this man at all. Like, I haven't had any interaction with him. I haven't seen, like, who he is. I haven't had any reasoning behind what he is. Like, it... Again, issues. The movie's over, so this is just kind of post-movie talk. That's true. Uh, let's talk about the soundtrack and sound design. I fucking love the almost kind of mix of horror synthwave meets almost Nine Inch Nails industrial sound. Actually, the soundtrack in this movie is actually really good. I do have to... Like... There, it's, it's got a good soundtrack. If nothing else, you get the bop of, like, the final confrontation, I believe the track's yeah, yeah. called. Where, like, all of a sudden all these drums and stringed instruments start coming to crescendo. And you're like, yeah. And I, I always fucking get so pumped I, I when do, I hear I that. do like the soundtrack for this movie. And the sound design is mostly good. I wish it was a little bit more squishy when it came to the gore. Yeah. I found that they relied on what almost sounded like bending saws and like scraping metal noises for what should have been peeling flesh noises if you understand why i do it's like there was gore but it was also kind of comical and was kind of just played up so much that it wasn't even it did it didn't look realistic to me anymore yeah, the gore and implied gore itself, like, this movie is bloody. I wouldn't say super gory. We do see some intestines. We do see, like, the aftermath of saw traps as well, which is not pleasant to look no. at. But we're not talking, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No. Or, like, not even to the degree where, like, a more extreme film like Hellraiser would go. Yeah. This is fairly approachable i would say yeah i'd say there were a few moments like there was like when lawrence was cutting off his foot that was realistic enough for me to flinch and want to close my eyes the rest of the film there is blood and there are a couple bodies the bodies don't look very realistic to me so i was fine with them and the blood is blood splatter and it looks like ketchup I would say almost like a meatloaf sauce. Yeah, like a meatloaf sauce, definitely. Uh, The deaths we get throughout this movie, I counted this one just to throw you off. Uh, John Kramer's body of the off-screen gunshot suicide. But the real first body is cut by razor wire in a bleed-out subcategory. We have one more burned alive. Yep, yep. I believe it was Vaseline on his skin because that shit does go up. We had another person gutted with a knife, which, ooh. 
rough. We had the shotgun tripwire trap that took out Detective Singh. Yeah, and then like the shotgun to the gut? I believe it was just a pistol to, I'm assuming just vital organs, but I have shot and bled out for detect the tap. And finally bashed in by a toilet lid. With the, the final one. kill. That was the best one of the movie. And um, Adam losing his shit. Our current most common way to die is being burned alive at 79 mm. now. What, what? Fuck. How are we ever going to replace this? I think it's just like, it's, it's a pillar on its own right now. At least we, you know, at least we do ethical cremations here. Yeah. <laughs> We're ethical here at Bodies by the Numbers, all right? Also... Speaking about donations to Ways to Die, various monsters have eaten people as well. Oh, yeah. So, hey, Grace, you might get that sky burial you want anyway. Yeah! Oh, for viewers. or n- Viewers, yeah, viewers. They're, they're, viewers, they're, listeners. <laughs> whatever. Ever-present people who listen to the two of us vomit shit out yeah, of our mouths. Yeah, the person who's just outside our window right now. Exactly. Anyway, um, we're talking I'm, I'm, we're, we're talking to him right now. But anyway, when I die, however I die, I don't want to be buried. I don't want to be cremated. I want my body to be dragged up a mountain and left for the birds to eat me. And That's I'm how I gonna go. try to make sure you get your I, respects. I, I really appreciate that, man. That means a lot to I me. I will advocate for how you want to die. Yeah. Like, or how you want to be processed. Exactly. How I want my body to be distributed. Uh, there's actually one uh, thing that might be a little... Uh, it does require you to get cremated, so cremated. Yeah. But you can... There's a company, I forget their name, but they basically mix your cremains with, like, molasses and animal feed so like foxes or whatever animal you want specifically to eat you will go for the cremain block because there's all sorts of nuts and seeds with that i wouldn't mind like so if you do get cremated i'll make sure donate your ashes to that yeah to make sure you still get eaten i want to get eaten that way you my, can get pooped out, spread nice. out through the stars wanna, and I want to join the... Okay, I watched The Lion King, and I heard about the circle of life, and I was like, that's dope. I want to become grass, you guys. I got scared of getting cream. Like, I've wanted to really? get cremated for years. Yeah. But watching Doctor Who, um, there's, like, one season where the master sets up a yeah. fucking diabolical thing where it captures your essence yeah. at your last moment. And, like... If you get cremated in this second afterlife world that the master has generated, uh, they call you burners, and you can literally hear people go, don't cremate me, and scream, and I got like, look, I don't believe in an afterlife like that, but that got to me. Yeah, you were like, "Mm, so I don't want to be him. I don't know know what I believe in, I just don't want to be that dude. Exactly, and I think it's even shaking hand a little bit. Yeah, that's rough. I just want to get eaten. I just want to, I just want to join the circle of life, you guys. That's all I want. Well, various monsters will eat you then. Nice! Um, I want to get eaten by a unicorn! Nice. I want the unicorn to eat me. I'll tape a fucking dunce cap to a white horse. Yeah! Okay, I feel like we're getting sidetracked again, I'm sorry. Uh, my personal favorite way to die is the head bashed in by the toilet lid from this movie. Wait, is that your new favorite favorite way to die? That's my new favorite favorite. Favorite? F- Whoa. Here's the thing. Saw is so nostalgic to me, and that's one of the first 
big victories in that series. Yeah. It will most likely change as Saw continues to come back into our feed. I have a personal kinship to Adam. Yeah, I, I get that. Adam also has anger issues. I do have some anger issues. And you know what? I really felt it when he said he dated a feminist vegan punk and she dumped him because of his anger issues. I felt yeah. that. I've had girlfriends that yeah, dumped me. Hit a, a little my too close anger though. Issues. I mean, and my, my favorite way to die has not changed. That corkscrew to the neck is still my favorite. I mean, like, I still want to say corkscrew through the neck, but nostalgia is winning here. Hey, it, it, it's blinding you. It's it's blinding you to the truth, but that's okay. That's still okay. We can be wrong sometimes. <laughs> okay, moving on. All right, are we, should we be done? We're pretty much at the end of the episode. Oh, shit. So next time, we are just going to hang out with you guys. We yeah. are going to talk about the movies we covered this year. We're going to do a full rundown of the morgue as well. Because yeah. it has become quite extensive. And I feel like I haven't given you guys the full update in a moment. And I actually, I do want to, since this is like, this here has been my first four-way. Foray. Thank you. Into horror movies. And honestly, a couple of them, I want to watch again. There there have been at least two or three where I was like, oh. I like I, this. I like that. <laughs> I don't know why, but whatever you did, that was good shit. That was good shit. No, so I'm excited for our next episode. We don't have to sit two to three hours watching a movie before recording our episode it we can literally outside. just dive into what we're watching Heck and yeah. yes it is dark outside grace just got their license i did and can drive i just got my so license we're gonna respect grace's schedule here and uh and this episode yeah i hope i don't crash on the way home or and don't hit any deer that's the problem i don't want to hit any deer just don't stick your head out a window you can't control me. It's hereditary. Ah! Ah! No! I hate you. Until next time. I hate you. This is Bodies by the Numbers. Oh! It's in my brain now. In horror podcast. It's in my brain. Bye-bye. I'm going to have to think of that the entire drive home. You fucker. Thank you for listening to Bodies by the Numbers, a horror podcast. You can email us at bodiesbythenumbers at gmail.com. Join our Facebook group, Bodies by the Numbers, a horror podcast. Find us on Instagram, Bodies by the Numbers Pod. Find our letterbox so you know how we rate things at Bods by Numb Pod. Or follow us on Twitter, Bodies Numbers. Music is by Disposable on SoundCloud. Logo is by Emmy on Instagram at emmyrock.art. All the links are in the description below. And I hope you enjoyed the show.